We're going to go to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. And um, talk about some principles and keys uh, to successful living. It's really a message the Spirit of God gave me probably, geez, I don't know, a decade back. And um, it's, it's a, a thing that pretty much, pretty much anyway, on a year-to-year basis, we're going we're gonna to share some things. We're going to probably bring up this text, whether it's going to be you know, here or whether I'm in Deer Ridge or even sometimes with leadership meetings, um, because these are principles or keys that really need to be working in us on a day-to-day basis if we're going to live uh, a successful life in Christ. Amen. And so uh, I'm not pulling back anything. This is just, you know, this is how it is. Uh, every, every year I'm going to probably pull this text and I'm going to, uh, you say some similar things at the same time. It always seems like it comes out something fresh and new. And, and, um, uh, but today I felt like I'm supposed to start the year with this. Amen. And so we're going to Joshua 1, and we'll start with verse 1. Amen. Let me get to it in my text here, in my Bible. Amen. Joshua 1, 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. That's the shortest eulogy I've ever heard. Five words. Moses, my servant is dead. Okay, now, moving on. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, uh, to the land which I'm given them, uh, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses." From, this wilder, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Somebody say amen. amen. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law or the word which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it uh, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law, amen, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Amen. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. He repeats himself again. Amen. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Praise the Lord. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this, of course, is a word uh, to Joshua. He's getting ready now to take the next generation into the promised land to possess the promised land. Amen. Now, how many know you have a, a, a promised land to possess? The word, the promised land is not talking about heaven. A lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, someday when we get to our promised land, no, there is no enemies in heaven. There better not be. Right? Right? There ain't no, we don't have no enemies in, in heaven. Amen. Amen. So your promised land is not referring to heaven. Your promised land is a, is a life of victory, a victor, victorious life. Amen. A successful life. Amen. That you have to deal with enemies. Come on, somebody. You have to overcome things and conquer. Come on, somebody. So he's given Joshua the word, amen, of what, what's ahead here, and just giving him some keys, some things, amen, that we can glean from, uh, that he spoke to him as he's got to go in there not only to possess the land, but then also after they possess it, 
to then divide it amongst the 12 tribes and all of the people of, of each tribe, you know. That's a pretty big job. Are you hearing me today? So, you know, you got to pretty much know who you are. Amen. So Joshua, of course, a man of God, been serving under Moses for 40, uh, 40 years and uh, faithful, loyal, committed, um, even as a commander. I mean, he's done great things uh, up to this point. A man uh, very intimate with God already by this time. Uh, the scriptures are real clear uh, that Joshua would spend personal time with God. We know that even at times, the scripture even says in, in Exodus 33, that when even Moses would leave the tent of meeting, uh, you know, and, and head to his own tent, that Joshua would even stay in there by himself, amen, in the presence of God, amen. So he got familiar with communing with God and fellowshipping with God, amen. And so we know, first and foremost, if you go to verse 1, uh, we'll just kind of dive into this. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Amen. Now you notice God is talking to Joshua. Amen. So the first and foremost, here's a key. If we're going to be successful in any endeavor, if we're going to be uh, successful in possessing the land, if we're going to be successful in moving forward in God, of having the year that we're called to have, you first and foremost got to be attentive. Amen. So everybody say, stay attentive. That's number one. You got to stay attentive. God is trying to communicate to you and me. We know by Scripture, especially through the book of Joshua, we know at least a dozen plus times that he communicated personal with Joshua one-on-one. Now, we know Joshua, amen, as I said, had already spent time with God, already communed with God. He's already familiar with the voice of the Lord, praise God. And we're talking about some specific things, not just some, you know, surface stuff. We're talking about some specific instructions. Are you still with me? Now, how many know that the only time Joshua had any problems in the book of Joshua that we find, any problems like with Ai or with the uh, Gibeonites and the things that go on, every time there's a problem, it's because he didn't listen. When they sent uh, the people after they got done, uh, you know, with Jericho and there was a situation happened, if, if they just, you know, they just thought, okay, they're big stuff. And they said, let's just take a few people, go in and take out AI because it's, it's probably no bigger than Terabon. And we'll just go in and take Terabon and, and, you know, who, you know, we'll just, we no sense sending everybody in and we'll just do what we think. And, and guess what? They came back with their tail between their legs. The little Terabon took them out. Are you hearing me? little city called Ai, and uh, didn't have much, but, but because they didn't fall. So, of course, Joshua gets a little upset, gets, gets in the face of God and says, hey. God says, you know what? There's sin in the camp, son. Don't look at me. You know, if you'd have, been li- if you'd have listened, if you came and gave heed, I would have told you. I would have told you how to handle this. I would have told you never even to go to Ai until you get this stuff dealt with. Come on, somebody. We all know what happened. Amen. They got that whole thing dealt with. They turn around, go into AI, and they have, I believe it is, 31 or 32 consecutive victories after that. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. It pays to hear God. The other time that we know of is when they, they went into covenant with Gibeon. Uh, the Gibeonites, they came, they deceived them. And made it sound like they were, they were from some, some place long, far, far away when all along they were the city over the hill. And they saw the writing on the wall, knew that they were about to lose everything. 
because here come the children of Israel. Come on, somebody. And so they deceived uh, Joshua and, and uh, the people of God that they were from a long, far away, and they wanted to come into covenant with them. And they, instead of hearing God, and he got rebuked later because he didn't hear God. Come on, somebody. But when he, amen, if he would have been listening, he would have knew they were being deceived. And if you recall, you remember when the whole, the battle and the whole thing uh, that went down and the, uh, the, the command, he commanded the sun to stand still. Remember that whole deal? And, and the word said that had never been done before, and yet God and it hadn't even been done since. Come on, somebody. A great miracle had happened. Do you know that whole thing was on behalf of a covenant with Gibeonites, the Gibeons? Anyway, the point is, they ended up in a whole battle they didn't need to be in. Come on, somebody. But because of a covenant they went into, if they would have listened, amen, they wouldn't have went into covenant. Now, this is a, I'm just telling you, think about all the contracts we signed that if we would have heard God before we signed it, we might not have signed it. Okay, that's a whole other sermon. But anyway, it pays to be attentive. So we, we see here, amen, that, that Joshua is being led uh, by God, by the voice of God, and the Scriptures are real clear to you and me that his sheep know his voice, hear his voice, and they should follow his voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So we as his sheep should be able to hear. The Word says he's made our ears to hear and our eyes to see. That God is always trying to speak to us and show us things. Are you still okay? Amen. Uh, Psalms 37, and I believe it's like verse 23, it talks about that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Amen. Your steps are ordered by God. And, and, and the word ordered literally comes out of, a, in a sense, of a military command. Okay, it's not saying that everything you do has been ordered by God, because that's not true. That's a lie. Are you hearing me? But what it means is if there is an order, if you will go receive the order, and then take the step, you're going to be successful. Amen. So the first and foremost thing that we're learning first this thing is that we have to be attentive. Somebody said, well, God never talks to me. When's the last time you got still? And did it for more than five minutes. Anybody hearing me? You got to be attentive. You got you to train yourself to be attentive. That's why I suggest... Okay, I know everybody's schedules are different, but I suggest, and I could give you a dozen verses on this, that the morning is the best time to get still and quiet. Well, that's why I like to sleep. Yes, and that's why we take a lot of bad steps. Nothing wrong with sleeping. I have to believe God for sleep. Come on, somebody. But, uh, but anyway, the point is this, okay? You need to somewhere along the line learn how to get still and know that he's God. Let God lead you. Somebody says, well, I know as soon as I get quiet, he's going to tell me to do something I don't like. Well, then that's your problem, not his problem. It could be that if God leads you, you might have less mishaps. Save you from a backache, a heartache, a, a, you know, a, a financial ache. A, a, we can go on and on of all the things that if we would just be led by God. Uh, it's amazing if, if you stop and actually got honest with yourself, how many times that we're believing God for a miracle and something that really if we would have been listening a month earlier or a year earlier, come on somebody, we might not be needing a miracle right now. 
Not in everything, but I'm talking about some things. Come on, sometimes we need a, a miracle because of something we got involved in that we shouldn't have got involved in. Is anybody hearing me today? Listen, there's no condemnation. We're not here doing that, but we have to settle it right now. This is why I believe the Spirit of God wants me to talk about these things right off the get-go. Let's settle it this year. We're going to be more attentive. Look at your neighbor and smile real big and say, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to be more attentive. Amen? All right, so that's the first one, more attentive, praise God. Verse 2 in Joshua 1. Moses, my servant, is dead now. Everybody say now. Everything's different now, right? Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm given to them, the children of Israel. The second one is, praise God, things begin to change, right? So here it is. You got to stay, uh, stay pliable. Things change once in a while. Things shift once in a while. The word's very clear. Even when you got born again, how many know things weren't the same no more? Amen. Uh, you know, you new creation, old things pass away, old things become new. Something shifted and changed. Amen. Even on a day-to-day -day basis, the word says you go from glory unto glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. There's, there's process in our life. Every day there's shifting. Every day there's change. There should be change. If you want greater things ahead, you got to be willing to accept change. Is anybody hearing me today? So you have to stay pliable. Everybody say pliable. Yeah. Amen. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. We could put that up there. It says this, do not, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will uh, even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, I'll do whatever it takes to make this thing come to pass. But you have to be willing for change. you got to be pliable. If God's going to do something, amen, you better be pliable. Still with me? Woo! I don't know. Psalms 37 and 4, put that up there if you will. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. How many know that's a wonderful verse, isn't it? You say, well, what's that have to do with it? Because the word delight, you know what the word delight means? That word delight right there means soft and pliable. That's what it means. You look it up, just what it says, soft and pliable. See, if you're soft and pliable in the Lord, He shall give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes the reason things don't manifest in our life is because we're not pliable. We just do everything. We get rigid about everything. God can't even lead you and do anything with you because you're too busy with your own little schedule. Now, day planners are wonderful for those that use them. That's great. But sometimes that day planner can mess you up. God's trying to talk to you about something. Oh, no, that's, God might say, hey, I'm trying to lead you here. But if you can't be pliable, come on, you may miss out on something. And you're sitting here believing God for something, and you're upset because it ain't manifesting. The whole time he's trying to lead you, but you're not pliable enough to be led. So you not only got to be attentive and listen, you got to be pliable. All right? Still with me? Verse 3. Every place, this is Joshua 1, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. Every place that the sole of your foot 
will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. This is still a word to you and me, but you notice it's your foot. So he's saying, Joshua, if you ain't willing to take the steps, how are you going to possess anything? So you not only got to be attentive, you not only have to be pliable, but you got to be assertive. You have to be willing to move forward. Still with me? People sometimes are fearful, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, but, but sometimes they get fearful of making a mistake or fearful of what's ahead. you got to be willing to move forward in some things. Are you still with me? Some things that, that we're trying to see, you know, it's like, um, I don't know how it's all necessarily worded, so if I say it wrong, please forgive me, but you know, they talk about this is what, in, is, what is in insanity is thinking you're going to get a different result by constantly doing the same thing. That's insanity. Because you just keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results, and then you get mad at God because you keep getting the same results. But if we're going to move forward and get different results, then you're going to have to be willing not only to listen, not only to be pliable, but to be willing to take the steps. If you will take the steps, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, he's going to give it to you, praise God. But you've got to be willing to move forward. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Philippians 3.12 says it this way, praise God, that, not, that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. I love that because he's letting, I mean, we're talking about the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament said, listen, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't done everything perfect yet. I've had times where I've missed things or maybe I've uh, took a, a little bit misstep or some kind of thing. But listen, I'm willing to still press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me, praise God. In other words, if I keep moving forward, I will lay hold of that that I'm supposed to lay hold of, praise God. And that's, I think it's just huge, praise God. So you got to be attentive. you got to be, praise God, pliable. And you got to be assertive. You got to be willing to press on, willing to grow, willing to develop, willing to progress, willing to advance, willing to improve. Can I hear a big amen? Willing to increase, willing to expand. It goes on and on and on. Are you willing to do that? And if you are, then it, it takes a moving forward for that to happen. All right, praise God. Verse four. Are you doing okay? Verse four. Of Joshua 1. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. But he brings something out here. You notice he uses the word Hittites. Okay, that's one of the, one of the people that they're going to they're gonna come in, count, uh, in, in contact with. Okay, the Hittites. The word Hittite. Each name means something. The word Hittite means to terrorize by intimidation. To, to terrorize by intimidation. So the Hittites were known to try to intimidate people through terror. They were terrorists. Are you still hearing me? Now the point being made is I've given you all this land, but he's saying this, you have got to be not only uh, attentive, not only pliable, not only assertive, but aware of the fact that there will be pressure ahead. There is an enemy ahead. Are you still with me? And I, you just have to understand, you got to expect opposition. 1 Corinthians in 16, uh, Paul made it pretty clear. He said, for a great and effective door has opened to me. 
everybody's like, yeah, woo, doors are opening, hallelujah. Oh, what? And there are many, what, adversaries. You have opposition. Not everybody agrees with it. Just because you're moving forward doesn't mean everybody's going to step out of the way and go, here you go. And especially the enemy, you just have to be aware that there is an enemy. And I, I can't even tell you how many Christians have backed up. They move forward all excited, but as soon as the pressure's on, they quit. Just be aware. Listen, the scriptures are clear to not be ignorant of our enemy and to not be intimidated by our enemy. We know how he operates. We know how he works. Amen. We understand he's there, but we know who we are. We know who we are in Christ. We know, praise God, that nothing's impossible for our God. Amen. We trust in God. We move forward. We overcome. We conquer. Listen, we're more than conquerors. We're world overcomers. Well, how can you be called a world overcomer or a conqueror if there is no, a, there's no warfare of any kind? There's not a battle. What did you overcome? What did you conquer? Oh, I thought when I got saved, it was just going to be peaches and cream. There's an enemy. And a lot of folks give up as soon as the pressure's on. No, we move forward. We take our stand in God. Amen. We're aware of the fact that we have an enemy. Amen. We're not ignorant of how he operates. And we're definitely not going to be intimidated when he raises up his ugly head. Take your stand. Amen. Are you still with me? So we're attentive. We're, uh, you know, we're pliable. We're assertive. We're aware. Praise God. Verse 5. Let's look at this. Are you still doing okay or am I boring you today? These are things every day. These are things I, you can use this and no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're taking ground in, whether we're talking health things, financial things, family things, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. These principles work on everything. Are you still with me? All right, because it's taking ground no matter what area. All right, so verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. How many like that promise? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Woo! I will not leave you nor forsake you. Woo! Am I the only one excited about that? I thought I'd get a few more woo-woos. Amen. But, huh? Come on now. So what's he saying there? That you have to stay accountable. There's no room for excuses. He already told you. No man's going to be able to stand before you. He already told you. As I was with Moses, I'm with you. You already told him, I ain't going to leave you nor forsake you. So we have no excuse. I said we have no excuse. So we got to stay accountable. Amen. Avoid the excuses. Now, the word excuse means to justify or to exempt oneself. That's what an excuse does. It tries to justify your lack of progress. It tries to exempt yourself from moving forward. To avoid accountability because you're justified. You ain't never gonna be justified in not moving forward. Ain't never, you ain't never gonna, that's never gonna, you're never gonna find enough reason or excuses that God's gonna say, oh, you're right. You're right. I, I forgot that you got a lot of pressure at home. 
Oh, you're right. I forgot. That's right. You got financial things. That's right. Oh, the health problems. Yeah, you're right. You don't have to move forward. You just sit down and don't do anything. And no, it ain't never going to happen. Ain't never going to happen. See, you're never going to be able to justify yourself, excuse yourself from being somebody to, that, that's supposed to move forward no matter what you're doing. Listen, we're not making light of your situation. We're not making light of what you're dealing with. We're not, we're not saying that it might be, uh, you know, that it's just small potatoes. But we're saying this, in God, if you know who you are, come on, somebody, and you know that God is with you, that God ain't going to forsake you, and you've already got the promise that when you start taking ground, no man will be able to stand before you, no enemy could stand before you. That, that right there is enough reason for you to move forward. Sometimes the only thing that happened is you quit before you got your manifestation. Smith Wigglesworth used to say that was one of his statements. He says, sometimes the only, the only reason the enemy won is because of the enemy's willingness to outlast you. He didn't back up, so you quit. And, I, you know, it might be, a, you know, not that I'm trying to depress anybody here, but we might be amazed when we get to heaven, we start asking some questions of why this didn't happen, that didn't. He says, you know, you were only about, you were only about 14 hours away from your breakthrough but you quit. You were two days away from your breakthrough, but you quit. Years ago, I took the time and I took a, did a timeline uh, with Joseph and the whole situation that happened with Joseph. And, you know, Joseph becomes uh, the number two guy in all of Egypt, literally becomes the most influential and powerful man on the planet because nothing happened for Pharaoh without the consent, hello, of Joseph. Now, Joseph at one time is just a young boy who, who has a new jacket from dad. Looking cool, studly, amen, all the cool colors. He's in fashion, praise the Lord. His brother's all messed up and upset about it. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, I think his dad, uh, you know, his dad had a few issues. And, uh, you know, you just, you know, just certain things you do that just ain't going to be good. It just ain't going to help the family none. But, but nevertheless, it happened. And, and so, he, you know, everybody gets down. The brothers all get down on Joseph and, and you know, you know the story. And uh, Joseph gets, uh, you know, taken captive by his brothers, thrown into a pit and uh, sold off to slavery. And, uh, and of course, dad, find, they tell dad that he got killed by an animal and, uh, so anyway, all that whole situation, but the whole thing he went through, the betrayal of his brothers, the, uh, uh, you know, the sold into slavery, and then, and then lied about, and then thrown in prison, and in prison for, for a lie, are you hearing me, and, all, and then forgot about, and then, but yet when you do the timeline, one day he stands before Pharaoh. And we're talking this whole thing transpired in like about a 13-year period from start to finish. And one day, whether you know it or not, it was the day before he stood before Pharaoh. And he could have been sitting in the prison thinking, God, I've been serving you all these years and you just forgot me and left me and I didn't do anything wrong. Man, nothing ever works for me. And could have been still sitting in the prison. Could have died in that prison. 
But obviously, somewhere along the line, because we know he was a man of faith, according to the scriptures, praise God, he kept his, he knew the vision that he had. Amen. What God had showed him 13 years prior, it was about to manifest. And all of a sudden, he's standing before Pharaoh. Next thing you know, he's number two guy in the whole nation, only under Pharaoh. But yet, the most powerful and influential man on the planet literally saved nations by, his, by the wisdom he walked in, by the leading of God. Are you hearing me today? You might just be one day away from your breakthrough. You might just be one hour away from your breakthrough. Amen. Don't give it up now. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Hallelujah. No excuses. Praise God. Hallelujah. You got to remove all the I can'ts out of your vocabulary. Are you still with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. I always uh, get thinking about, about uh, Gideon. Gideon is always one that comes up when I start thinking about excuses. Gideon was declared a mighty man of valor. And until he was willing to give up the excuses, he didn't become that. But as soon as he gave up the excuses, he became what God said he was. And he goes down in history as a mighty man of valor. But when he was back there, well, you just don't know. Ain't nothing. I, my family, there's just no way. And where's God and all his miracles? And how come? And why would God use me? I'm just, I'm just a nobody. Shut up, Gideon. When Gideon... Amen. Hooked up. Guess what? It wasn't long, and it all shifted and changed. Isn't that amazing how you get a mind, mindset? Listen, excuses don't do anything except keep you in your current condition. So get rid of the excuses. Stay accountable. Are you still with me? Stay attentive. Stay pliable. Stay assertive. Stay aware. And stay accountable. Praise God. No more excuses. Verse 6 of Joshua 1. you still with me? Hallelujah. Be strong. And of good courage. And he repeats this three, three times. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now that's a huge, huge endeavor. And anytime I talk about, you know, this kind of thing about dividing an inheritance, you know, I, has anybody ever had a, a land um, property line dispute? I have had one. Anybody else? Whew. And that was just one property line dispute. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Come on. That's my land. No, it's my land. Move your fence. I am moving nothing. Prove it. Oh, I will. Then it's the cost of everything and going into the, you know, the county or the Whatever, the, whatever it is we're dealing with, and you're going in trying to do this, and everybody's looking at this and looking at that, and you got conflict with your neighbor, and you're a pastor. What do you do? Just let them mow you over? Let them just take your land? Heck no. That's just one property line. And Joshua's got to have to divide all this land. Whew. No, that's my land. No, I get the land by the river. No, you don't. I get that land. You get the tree. I don't want the tree. 
You get the hill. No, I don't want that hill. I want this hill. Come on, somebody. The point is this. There's all kinds of things that we're called to do, all kinds of things that God has assigned us to do, and it's going to take one thing uh, to make it all work right. Amen. One of many, I guess I should say, but you're going to have to stay encouraged. Are you still with me? Amen. Do what it takes to remain motivated and enthused, praise God. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, this is when uh, David uh, come back with the boys, amen, from battle. They come to Ziklag where all the families are and the city's burnt down. The city's gone. Everything they own is gone. Families are gone. Their possessions gone. Their livestock gone. Nothing left. And the boys all get all kind of broke down. They're all upset. David included. All of them are, are worked up and upset because they lost everything. So the boys do, you know, come together and decide, let's do what we need to do here. Let's kill David. Say, what? Well, that's what you always do. Kill the leader, right? Because there's problems. Let's kill the leader. That's what we do. Well, you know, it said David was greatly distressed. Why? Because we're about to experience betrayal. Insubordination. Come on. It says, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. And sometimes that's just it. It's just people don't know what else to do. But people are, are people. That has never changed. People don't know what to do. They come up with some other, some brilliant idea. Let's kill somebody. That's what we should do. Right? So let's stone David. And, 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 of course, they were all grieved because they lost everybody, their sons, their daughters, their families, right? But David, uh-oh, strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He did what it takes to keep himself on top, kept himself motivated, kept himself encouraged, praise God. Hallelujah. He stayed encouraged. Can I hear a big amen? amen. You have to do what it takes to keep yourself encouraged, keep yourself motivated, Keep yourself, praise God, hallelujah, encouraged in God or enthused in God, praise God. That is your job. Somebody said, well, well, pastor, that's why we pay you the big bucks. You keep us motivated, keep us in stir. Listen, I'm going to do my part, and I hope every time you come in here, you leave motivated, and you leave enthused, and you leave encouraged. But I ain't going home with you. I'm not going to chase you every time you have a little negative moment. Come on, that's your job to keep yourself enthused, encouraged, in, uh, motivated. Amen. You have to do that. And you have to do whatever it takes to do that. Are you still with me? Amen. It's going to start with you spending some time with God on your own. Get that relationship that you have with Him more, uh, more uh, you know, alive, working. Amen. So that when something happens, you just look up and know, praise God, I've still conquered. I still overcome. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, one of the things that, that came to my heart when I was meditating on this, the scripture says to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Praise God. Fervent, alive. 
motivated. Praise God. The Amplified says, be aglow. This is out of Romans 12, by the way. Be aglow, burning with the Spirit. The message says, don't burn out. <laughs> Keep yourself fueled in a flame. Praise God. The New Living says, just serve God enthusiastically, will you? Huh? Just stay enthused. Well, that might, 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 might take something. Yeah, it might. Now, here it is. This is what came to me today. Proverbs 12 says this, okay? talks about an anxious heart. An anxious heart will cause depression. An anxious heart. What does anxious, what does that mean? A worrying heart, an anxious heart, a heavy heart, careful, care, full of cares, right? Sorrow even is mentioned in that. But an anxious heart causes depression. But, it says in Proverbs 17, but a merry heart does good like medicine. Now, we're just talking about one of many ways and ideas to keep you, keep you encouraged, keep you uh, enthused, keep you motivated. One of those ways, you have to learn to laugh a little bit. Some things, amen, say, you just got to learn to laugh. <laughs> sometimes you got to laugh at yourself. Come on, right? Because sometimes, you know, the spirit of stupid gets on you. And you do something stupid. Yeah, I got marks to prove it. <laughs> Stupid stuff. And what are you going to do? Well, I, I give up. No, we're going to laugh. Ha, that was stupid. <laughs> or the devil says something. It's amazing how many people come up to me in, over the years, 30 years of this, and I've had people still tell me, well, you know what the devil keeps telling me? What are you doing listening to him? He's always going to say stuff like that. But see, if he's talking, you ought to go, what was that devil? You said I can't ever win? <laughs> you're a liar and the father of all lies. So whatever you're telling me, it must be complete opposite. So if you're going to tell me it ain't going to work, it's like, <laughs> means it is going to work. Somewhere along the line. You got to learn to laugh a little more, praise God. Get, get in God, and, and a merry heart does good like medicine. You'll be amazed how much stuff you can turn around just by learning. Just stop for a few minutes and laugh about it. Ha, ha, ha. Huh? Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, well, that's a little more sandy. Anyway, ha, ha, ha. Right? Sometimes you just got to laugh about stuff. Amen. You'd be amazed how that just that doing that just once in a while, amen, just keeps you encouraged, keeps you on top, keeps you enthused, keeps you motivated. You just keep going. Praise God. We just laugh about that stuff. Amen. Kid says, I ain't never going to serve God. <laughs> uh, devil, you're a liar. Right? Listen, your own pastor said that. I was married. How long we were married? Just a few months. I said, don't ever say that Jesus word to me again. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's right, man. I told her I was just done with this. Don't ever say that Jesus thing around me again. I don't want to talk Jesus. I ain't going to church. I ain't doing anything. I serve God. I'm just going to do what I do and be who I want to be. And, and about, well, Twelve hours later, I was in church and <laughs> giving my heart to the Lord again. 
and it's been going like gangbusters ever since. <laughs> uh, Sometimes you just got to laugh about it. Amen? Are you with me? Verse 7, let's get going here. Only be strong and very courageous, amen, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, in other words, what God has spoke to Moses, I'm still, I'm, 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 it's still going, amen, talking about that promised land, amen, what, what was spoke to Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may, what, prosper or succeed wherever you go. That word prosper, by the way, let's see here, means to have the desired effect, to achieve the result that you want, to gain a favorable outcome. That's what that word means, okay? So if you want things to prosper wherever you go, then you got to be willing to not turn. When God's talking to you now, listen, I'm not talking, this is, this is different than being pliable. We're talking about now when you know that you know God said, do this, then you settle it. Get resolute. That's the, that's the word. Amen? Not only are you aware, not only accountable, we're resolute, praise God. We're not only encouraged, we're resolute. We're determined. We're fixed. We're firm. Amen. We have fixed purpose of mind. If God said this is what we do, this is what we do. 30 years ago, the Spirit of God says, taught us about tithing. That settled it. Been doing it 30 years, one of the greatest decisions we ever made. Whew. Spirit of God talked to me about, about who I am in Christ. I received it. And there were days it didn't look like it. But I settled it. Woo! Resolute. You got to be fixed. Are you with me? Yes. Joshua in, in chapter 24. And we all know this. Uh, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers uh, that served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites. And there's a reason it mentions Amorites. In whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, the, I mean, you, if, 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 there ain't hardly a Christian out there that's got any kind of, you know, Christian decor whether it's on their wall, on their desk, bumper stickers that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? That means we've settled it. We're resolute. He's telling them. And in fact, in context, you go back and read through chapter 24. He's letting me know, listen, I'm telling you, be resolute. They're saying, well, we would never. He said, I am telling you. You think you're anchored, but you're not. You think that, that you're, you know, you got a handle on this, and you don't. And they kept saying, oh, no, what are you talking about, Joshua? I'm telling you, you better settle it. And he says, as for me and my house, which means he put a demand on his own house. Uh-oh. You know, anytime you talk about people's time, money, or family. And guess what? We talked about all of it today. As for me and my house. Listen, uh, he's talking to all the leaders, family leaders, and his own families there. And he settles it. As for me and my household. 
his own wife, his own kids are all right there. As for me and my house, we serve God. That's what we do. Well, I don't want to serve God. Then be gone. <gasps> Many people give up their calling, give up their assignments because of family. I know it's none of you. It's all them other people. Many people that give up based on their spouses, their kids, their grandkids. We can go on and on and on. Do you think God's in the business of dividing families? He's in the business of restoring families. But when you compromise to gain something, you will ultimately lose whatever you compromise to gain. You got to settle it and be resolute. I serve God. The quickest way to get your family to serve God is you serve God. And you can't put a demand on them to serve God if you're not willing to serve God. You got to be resolute. Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. The Amorites, the word Amorites, um, the word means mount, um, mountaineers or highlanders. It speaks of prominence, pompous, supreme, significant. That's what that word means. So even in this, he's letting me know, listen, okay, you're not going to follow the gods that they used in the past. And even this, he says, you know those guys up on the hill, they get, look like they got everything going for them. Okay? You can have all that, but don't yield to their God. That's why the word of Jesus even said, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things get added to you. Your kids serving God, the financial situation, the health thing, all that kind of stuff. If you will just serve God, settle it. I serve God. I honor God with my time, my energies, my, my finances. I, I, I go to church. Why? Because that's what Christians do. Well, I just don't. Ah, oh, knock it off. This is what we do. Be resolute. What a good day to start on it, right? Hey, look at your neighbor and say, you know. Somebody says, well, you're just saying that because you're a preacher. Well, no kidding, Sherlock. <laughs> but you have to understand, I'm not a preacher because I got anything, that I had anything going for me. I'm a preacher because I actually believe this stuff. I actually go to church. I went to church. Before I was the pastor. <gasps> Every time the doors were open, we were there. Prayer meetings, we were there. You mean even the early morning one? Yes, we actually went to that one. <gasps> oh, you're radical. No, I'm just doing my reasonable service as a Christian. Somebody says, you had to go and meddle, didn't you? Listen, people, we're talking about what works. You want the family to serve God? You want the financial thing to turn around? You want the health thing to turn around? These are things that you do. This is how it works. 
But you're going to have to be resolute. When the Spirit of God talks to you about something, settle it. You don't turn to the right. You don't turn to the left. You do what God says right there. Now, there are things as you're growing and maturing, God begins to show you things. And in those areas, you're, you're pliable, letting God teach you and grow you up, praise God. But when there are certain things that you know, praise God, this is a principle of God, it's what we do. That's it. We serve God. I said, that's it. We serve God. We serve God. We serve God. First and foremost. Oh, I thought maybe I'd get some movement out of you. We serve God first and foremost. We serve God. Everything else will come in. We serve God. It'll all turn. It'll change. We'll believe God together. We'll get that thing turned. But you got to believe God, amen, and you got to stay resolute in who you are with God, in service to God, in honor to God. Yeah, we better move on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm resolute. Verse 8, chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. Everybody say, your mouth. Everybody say, meditate. And it would say, observe to do. Those are keys here. Okay, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. And for then, for then, in other words, if these things are working, for then you will make your way prosperous, productive. Means literally favorable, profitable. Okay, and then you will have good success, having the desired effect or desired results. Amen. So the next one is stay productive. How do you stay productive in this walk? By doing what verse 8 says. Keep the word coming out your mouth. Come on. Meditate on that. That's why you set your mind on things above. Because everything else is trying to distract you. But no, I set my mind on things above. I keep it coming out my mouth. And I'm quick to observe. I put some action to it. Praise God. You do those things, it says, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. So how do you become productive? How do you become profitable? You got to have it working in your mouth. You got to have it in your meditator. Come on, somebody. And you got to be willing to put some action to it. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Amen. That's how it works. Pastor, there's so much here. It's really not that complicated. You do these things, it'll change. Some of you are still hung up because I said something about your family. Get past it. You want to change that? How's that been working for you, by the way? Try to do everything in your own strength, your own ability. Does it change anything? It doesn't change one thing. In fact, all it does is you backed up. So what do you do? Right here. You want to be profitable? Serve God. Stay resolute. Keep it coming out your mouth. Keep it meditating in your head. Keep the right thoughts up there. Come on, somebody. Right? Come on. And start putting some action to it. It'll change. I've had people come. I've done everything right. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Past, no, no, no. The word always works. 
Word always works. Always works. And if you want to, you know, you want me to get serious with you, I'll tell you where you're not doing it right. Just give me a minute. Listen, there are a lot of things that didn't work in my life. You know what it came to? I had to get honest with myself. I'm not really doing it. I'm not really believing. I'm really saying the opposite out of my mouth. I got out of prayer, did the right thing in prayer, walked out of the prayer room, and spoke the complete opposite. And had to get honest with myself and say, I keep talking the junk. I keep meditating on the junk. My actions are not, are not worthy of any kind of result that I want. Come on, somebody. And when I got honest with myself and said, you know what? Enough is enough. I want this to change. All right? I got to get my mouth saying the right thing. I got to start setting my mind on what God says about it. Come on, somebody. I got to start putting some action, amen, to what he said. Come on, somebody. Are you with me or do I need to hang out here some more? All right. A lot of people just won't get honest with themselves. All right? We should get done with this one. I don't know if you'll come back next week if I tell you we got a second part on this. So let's look at the last one here. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? It was a command. Be strong and of good courage. But here we go, part of the command. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, why is that so necessary? Because everything we've talked about, one of the things that happens is insecurity or fear that, is this really going to change? Is this really going to turn around? Is this really going to happen? Is God really with me? All these kind of things begin to hit you. So here's the, here's the last one. you got to stay fear-free. You have to. You cannot let uh, Be not fearful. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed. Amen. You can't, you can't give fear place. First John says that fear is a torment. Uh, uh, Romans uh, 8 brings out that it's, it's bondage. He's not giving you a spirit of bondage again to fear but a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Hebrews 2 says that talking about the spirit of death, or probably the, the fear of death, and talking about how it is it, that people that, that fall under that are all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear is bondage. Fear is torment. People say, no, it's good to have a little fear. No, it isn't. Fear will sabotage your movement. It contaminates your faith. Somebody says, well, no, it's good to have fear because I don't want my kids going out and stepping out in front of an 18-wheeler. You don't, you don't teach your kids to, to not walk in front of a Mack truck with fear. You just teach them, dude, don't go there. Hey, this will hurt. This is hot, okay? This will burn you, okay? You, you teach other than fear. You don't, you don't panic everybody and bring everybody in a place of, of fear and torment. 
what about the fear of God? That's a whole different, whole different thing. Respect and honor toward God is different than being scared out of your pants. Operating out of uh, phobos is the word, amen, which speaks of phobias. Somebody's like, well, I don't like spiders. Well, I don't really either. You know, if you get, especially in the middle of the night, something crawling over you, and you know, right? But you find that sucker and you take dominion. <laughs> Put that sucker under. Amen. Squish you like a bug. I don't like snakes. Well, then kill it. Take dominion. Don't let fear dictate. Take dominion. Well, I don't like elevators. Well, get in that thing, ride it up and down till you get past it. Well, I don't like going over bridges. Well, get past it somehow. Come on, you got to get, don't let fear in. Fear, a, fear a, a, it's a torment. So it'll, it'll dictate, it'll contaminate your faith. It's hard to believe God for something when you're fearful of that or that not happening or whatever. And all you've done is messed up your faith. So you got to deal with fear. You can't let fear in. Take authority over it. Listen, insecurity especially. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's just who I am. It's insecurity, dude. Get past it. Well, I just wish they just all need to change. No, not everybody needs to change to satisfy your insecurity. You get past your insecurity. Deal with it. This comes back to that honesty thing. Aren't you glad this is the first service out of the year, New Year? We're actually going to get through it. Praise the Lord. But you got to get past it. Because if you're insecure, if you're fearful, if you're worried. Some people think it's okay to worry. It isn't okay to worry. Worry. He says, do not worry. The master said it. Do not worry. As I have commanded you, be encouraged and avoid fear. It's a commandment. It's not a friendly suggestion. As I have friendly, you know, suggested to you, don't worry. Um, you know, it's just not happy. It's not, you know, fun. No, he said, hey, don't do it. Why? Because it'll mess you up. Pretty soon you're not moving forward because you're so hesitant to take a step or to, 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 you know, maybe you're so fearful because of something that happened in yesteryear. You're so fearful it might happen this year. And you just contaminated your faith. You just sabotaged your forward motion because of a thing called fear. You're going to have to stay fear free. 2 Timothy 1.7, last verse. Here we go. God has not given you what? God has not given you what? It's a spirit. That's why you don't let it in, because it's a wrong spirit. But what has he given you? Power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, why is that so important? Well, power, dunamos, 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 depending on how you want to pronounce it, I guess, probably... All of us, you know, 
Westerners probably saying it wrong, but, but it, just, it just means a spirit of might, strength of might. Amen? So he's given you not a spirit of fe or fear, but, a, but what's he given you? Strength of might. Why? To overcome anything. Love, the reason love is because it's agape here. So it's talking about, you know, God, God, God loves you. So you should be confident in the fact that God's got your back. Right? So I'm not giving you fear. I'm giving you, I'm giving you love. Man, I'm with you. I love you. I'm on your side. I'm behind you here on this thing. Come on now. So uh, not only a, a, a strength of, of might, but a strength of confidence. And, of course, a sound mind means a strength of mind, right, to endure whatever mental pressure you might have, whatever you might be dealing with. Praise God. The point is fear is not what we want, and it didn't come from God. So we should be doing whatever it takes that when you feel fear try to grip your heart, amen, it's time to deal with it. Praise God. Confront it. Amen. And confront it like a spirit. Right? Take authority over it. Say, you will not dictate here. You will not control me. You will not call the shots here. Take authority. Amen. Did you get something today? Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Appreciate you letting me get through all that. I think every time I've ever ministered, there's always, always things that come out different each time about it. But, but to me, these are all just principles or keys that help no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're moving forward, and no matter what kind of uh, ground we're trying to take. Amen. These are keys that work. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we give praise and glory today for these principles. Hallelujah. You know, I'm just going to ask this. Wouldn't you rather be challenged when you come to church? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think we got any whiner babies in the house, do we? And I, I'm just saying, I just, think, I, I just think, you know, wouldn't you rather be challenged every day to go higher? I would think so. I think that's why you come here, isn't it? I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. That's not the point. The point just is if you're going to come here, you might as well expect the fact that you're going to be challenged to go higher. Amen. Take a look at your life once in a while. You know, yeah, to have a better life. That's the, the point. Is I, want, I want what he's promising me. I want the promised land. So if it's a promise to me, I want it. And if it means I got to make some adjustments or change, or I got to stand resolute on certain things, or I got to stay encouraged, or whatever the principle is, then so be it. Then we move forward and we get a victory. Listen, you do these things, you get another notch on the belt. Right? Just get another notch on the belt. Right. And then when the enemy comes at you again, you just pull back your jacket and say, Take a look, son. Last time you came, I got that new notch right there, and I got that notch there last week. Remember that thing you did about two months ago? I got that notch right there. You see that? You really want to tangle with me? Yeah, I mean, that's true, isn't it? Think about just winning, you know, just, just conquering and overcoming. It's, it just does something. All of a sudden, next day you get up, you're like ready to take on the next thing, whatever it is. And, that, and that's really how this thing works. But we don't lay down and do nothing. We move forward. So anyway, so Father, thank you for these principles. Thank you for taking us higher, challenging us, amen, to move forward in our lives. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory for it. Thank you for my brothers and sisters in this house today. But truly, they did have an ear to hear. And they had, uh, Lord, a, a heart to receive. 
And I believe, too, you opened the eyes of our understanding on some things. Maybe just gave us some clarity about some things. Answered a few things. Maybe even stirred a couple questions in our own heart about things. Whatever, but just moving us forward. Praise God. Taking our promised land. Father, I give you praise for that. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.